How many have been through a storm? <laughs> this is not going to entail everything that will help you to weather the storm, but man, it's going to be a big help. Uh, uh, have, have you ever been laying in bed in the middle of the night? And I, I'm just saying when you have been laying in bed in the middle of the night and, and you hear the storm coming. You hear the storm coming. You know, and, it, and it's, it's massive and it's coming. And, and you lay, what's amazing to me is kids sleep through this whole thing, you know, but have you, have you noticed that? It's like, man, aren't, aren't they hearing the whole house shake, you know? But you're in a house, aren't you? And the, and the storm goes by. And if your house is built good and the, and the storm isn't too big, right, you're good. You're good. And you can actually sleep. You can go back to sleep. And, it, and it's kind of nice to hear the, the rain going against the windows and, and you know. But, but storms can also destroy. They can also completely overwhelm. And it is very important that you aren't living in a teepee when a, storm, when a big storm comes. When you're out, has anybody watched that, that series Alone? Okay, it's, it, is it on Netflix or I forget what it's on. might be on, on Amazon. I'm not going to promote any, any of that stuff. But, but it's, it, it's a show where they, 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 they leave these people out in the middle of nowhere and they have to build a shelter. And the one that lasts the longest without, you know, giving up or, or almost dying or something, they, they, they win. They win a bunch of money. So... But they, the first thing they have to do is, is build some kind of shelter, you know. And the idea is to make it strong enough for them to withstand whatever weather comes. Man, they drop them off up above the Arctic Circle. It's freezing cold up there, you know. So they have, when they go to the, make their shelter, what are they considering? Whenever we're thinking about a storm, we think about what it's going to take. How do we build our houses? You know, I've, I recently... Uh, um, did a lot of roof inspections, and my son's now actually um, working that industry too. But what do you do when you put a roof on? What are you doing? You're protecting the roof against a storm. If there weren't any storms, you wouldn't have to put a roof on, would you? It's, it's for the storm. And what they like to do, what I noticed right after hailstorms, they like to go around with these pamphlets about hail-resistant stuff and it, and it co costs a whole lot more money and it's really not all that much more effective but they've they've got the fear on their side and so they can sell it because you know it, it'll protect you against the storm you get a big enough hail i don't know if, man some of that stuff down in san antonio i saw man i was measuring stuff you know it's just huge stuff it doesn't matter what you have on that roof at that point it'll go right on through it and that's happened you know they get a big hailstorm on the grant on the floor inside the house why because the storm you prepared for wasn't the storm that came. And so this is kind of where I want to go today. So, you know, um, uh, we're going through some storms right now. I mean, you kind of got to admit, you know. Um, but whether or not a storm is going to come is not the question, is it? There is a storm that's going to come. So I want to look at this because sometimes where, where you're at a disadvantage is when you're not prepared for what comes your way. 
And a lot of times that comes out of just being kind of naive, right? Ignorant. Or else you just don't think it's going to come your way, do you? You know, um, we lived out in California just long enough to know that it's a wonderful place to live. And, and it's a lot cheaper to go there than to leave. That's because a lot of people are leaving. <laughs> but they have a whole bunch of fires going out on that, don't they? Some bad fires. And some nice homes. Beautiful million-dollar homes. And you know, when they go to build that house, again, they're preparing it against a storm, but not a fire. You know, I had this idea some time ago. I thought, you know, if you could just prepare all the houses out there for fires. Duh. Right? So I came up with this idea. Somebody can help me out with this. A house blanket. So you make, like, you know, you could, you could drop it. You could design one for each house. And it, it would be a, a fire retardant product. And you just take a helicopter and drop it over to the house whenever the fire's coming. Hey, if they got millions of dollars, oh, come on. Give me a better look than that. <laughs> Why? Because for the type of storm that's coming, you have to prepare for it. And here's the thing about this. This is something I noticed when I was doing roof inspections. Is, you know, you can go 50 years and never get a storm. And in that time, you start to get into a lull and you think it's never going to come. It's never going to come, right? And so you say, what storm? Why do I have to do this? And this is where there's a danger. And this is actually, the, <laughs> this is where I want to go to today because we, we have storms that look like they're very real. We have a pandemic. We have, uh, you know, racial things going on. We have all these things that look like they're very dangerous. And we, and we look to those and we think, uh, that's the storm we have to prepare for. And we get concerned about that. And so we put on a mask. We do whatever else it is so we can protect against what is obvious. And we don't realize that the storm that is really critical is the one that we might not see. And we have to prepare for that. So what storm? And, and here's the thing. A storm is coming. Now, it's going to be of, of, a, of a lot of different forms. It'll look a lot different. But there's a storm that we have to prepare for because it is coming. And it will devastate. It will destroy. Um, and Jesus talked about this. Um, let me get this over here just a second. No question about the storms are coming. I thought I'd put a little text in there. Storms are coming, right? And I'm just going to put a portion of this scripture because we're going to come back to it later. But Jesus said, in the world, you will have tribulation. I'm not confessing that. <laughs> I'm not going to agree to that. Well, it's coming. Storm's coming. You know, we sang some songs this morning. We'll, 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 I'll refer to them some more. Don't you like this? I am not alone. I am not. Well, well what difference does that make if you're not alone? If you're not, never going through anything, it doesn't really matter if you're not alone. Right? What, when, does, when does not alone mean something? When you're going through something. Right? So, and even with, even with believing God for something, you're going to go through something, aren't you? A storm is coming. But don't think that you have it all figured out ahead of time. 
right? Uh, so what kind is the important thing? So when we're saying, okay, you're telling me a storm, I got to get ready for a storm? Okay, I'll agree that there's a storm coming. But now what kind of storm is, is very critical, and I've already hit on this. It's very important that you get the right kind, isn't it? So I, I, I want to look at an example here out of the Old Testament. How many know about Noah? So we're going to get to the reason why Noah was able to withstand this storm. But if you'll notice, God comes to, God comes to Noah, and there's never been a flood before in the, in the history of the world that they know of. And God comes and says, who does he say it to? And we'll, and, and we'll get there. He says it to Noah, and, and, he, and he starts talking about a flood that's going to come. Now, if it was somebody in California living today, they'd say, well, I've already built a nice house. It will withstand the biggest flood. It will, it, will, it will withstand the biggest storm that you can give me. But they're not ready for the one that will destroy them, right? So this is what happened to, to Noah. He, God comes to him and he says, I am going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has the breath of life in it, everything on earth will perish. And if Noah was like a lot of us, he would say, that's okay, God. Don't you see what I've already done? I'm already good. Anything that comes my way, I'm going to be fine. And besides, what is a flood? <laughs> Just because you don't know about something doesn't mean it's not real. How long... He, he was like 120 years on that, wasn't he? Building this thing. God told him exactly how to build. He said, go build an ark. And then he had to tell him exactly what that was because he had no idea. And people are making fun of him. Oh, I'm getting ready for a storm. What kind of storm? Well, it's a flood. What's a flood? Ignorance doesn't mean it's not coming. And just because things have gone for a long time without something happening, his went for 120 years. Right? It's the storm you're not ready for that is the most dangerous one. Right? I love sleeping through the ones that I'm ready for. But we need to be ready for the one that we aren't. Amen? And God wants to help us with that. How to weather the coming storm of any kind. So, if you're going to preserve yourself and, and, and have a house blanket that's going to preserve you against anything that's going to come, there's a way to do it in Psalm 29. And, and, and we're here to say, God, show me about these things. There's a storm coming my way. You know, there's, there's all kinds of storms that will hit us. It'll hit us in relationships. It'll hit us in, in our finances. It'll come against us in our, in, our, uh, in our bodies. You know, I tend to be very uh, uh, negligent with some things with my body. I just assume things are going to be okay. Actually, I try to work out and keep that part going. But you know what? I, you know all those things they try to sell you? It's like, I'm not going to, and, and if you just get this, it's going to be enough, you know. It's like, no, I think I'm doing pretty good. Plus, I'm trusting God. But you know how you can be lackadaisical about certain things? You can do this in a relationship. You can become assuming of something, that something's okay, and a storm's brewing, right? 
But we're here to say, to acknowledge God in relation to storms. And there's no storm that God has encountered that he cannot protect you from. Now, he's not going to, you might, you, might you might feel the hailstones, you might feel something coming, but he's going to get you through it. He's going to cause you to weather it, to make it through. Amen? So, Psalm 29 says this, The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. So if you're, gonna, if you're looking for a way to prepare for even the thing that you don't know about, Amen? Wouldn't that be good? <laughs> it's not just a sales pitch. <laughs> it really works. <laughs> if you're going to go to somebody that's going to help you be protected from anything, you have to go to the one who sits enthroned over everything. Amen? So the Lord is enthroned as king forever. So we're saying, okay, there's a storm coming. you got to get it right. you got to be able to know what kind of storm so you can prepare for it and if we're going to do that let's go to the one who's enthroned over all of them amen all right so so let's go to jesus if 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 if, if god is the king enthroned over let's go see an example that jesus had when he went through a storm and again like i said we're not going to cover everything today but man we're going to hit some stuff where i guarantee you we do these things no matter what storm comes, when it comes, there will be a pre preparation that you've made. One of the most important things and evidence that you are prepared is when you sleep. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, gonna get an entrance into how we can be prepared in God for whatever needs, whatever's coming our way. Mark 4, 36. <clears throat> so this is an example of, of Jesus. Remember, he, he's, he's preaching, and then he gets in a boat to go across the lake, right? Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along. And this is interesting. They say, just as he was. So these guys are fishermen. You think they would know that a storm's coming and all this kind of stuff. But they just take off in this boat, not really prepared. This just as he was thing is an indication that they, he, he was preaching from the boat, and they just said, well, let's just go. So they're, they're going without any preparation for a possible storm because they're not even anticipating one. They're saying, what storm? It's not coming. We've gone across that lake many times before in the same conditions, and nothing ever happened, and it was Gilligan's Island all over again. Right? You know what I mean? It was, and, and up came a storm. And Jesus was just as he was in the boat. And there were other boats with him. Did you know that? There were some other boats tagging along. And a furious squall came up. It was the storm they weren't prepared for. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And Jesus was in the stern, sleeping. That sounds like a good thing to do. And you know what? It will be for us. And you'll see how he gets to that. He's sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Here's the problem with us a lot of times. We wait till the storm shows up to start caring about the storm. Right? <laughs> don't you care 
And Jesus says, well, he doesn't say this, but this is what he's thinking, okay? I'll give you a clue to what he's thinking. He says, I already took care of the storm. I've already prepared for it. It's not a surprise to me. Here's, here's where we need to get to where whatever storm is coming our way, we're in a position of rest with regard to it because it's already been taken care of. Amen? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. A lot of times what we're seeing in a storm is a lot of different things taking place. He was speaking to the wind. He was speaking to the, to the waves. He was speaking to the, to the clouds and the lightning and everything else. And none of it impressed him that much. Even enough to wake up for it. What woke him up was those people asking him why he didn't care. <laughs> as far as he was concerned... He was above the storm. When you're above a storm, when it comes, you're going to be at rest with regard to the storm. This is where God wants to take us. And I believe this is where God is taking us. You know, we've been talking about acknowledging him. Where are we needing to go with that? To where he is bigger than any storm we're coming up against. And not only is he bigger, but he's taking us up above the storm. Amen? So whatever it is, not only, you know, um, where, where Jesus is wanting to take us is it's not just him that has power over the storm, but it's whoever is in God. Who is ever in God, God doesn't just leave you down there and say, it's going to be okay. He says, I'm taking you up above the storm, and now you're going to actually have some authority over it yourself. Amen? Jesus indicated this a lot, he, and, and we're going to see this, how, we, how, how he's talking about this. He, he, he always talked about him being in his father, didn't he? It, he? He didn't say, I'm just doing this stuff because I'm the son of God. He always said, I do it because I'm in the father. Remember that? He's always, he said, I, I only do what I see the father do. I only can do this because, why? I thought you were the son of God. Well, he came as a man. And everything he did was things he said, I'm demonstrating how you can do it also as a man. But you have to do what I do. If you want to be above the storm, if you want to be ready for any storm that's coming, you're going to have to get in the same position that I got as a man myself. This is not blasphemy. This is the truth. <laughs> All right. And he said to his disciples... Why are you so afraid? And they're saying, huh? Like getting thrown in the water, that doesn't kind of make your blood, you know, uh, your pulse go up a little bit, you know? And he says, do you still have no faith? He had been doing these miracles why does God do miracles? Why, does, why was D Jesus going around doing good and healing all the sick and, and doing miracles? He, you, you get a clue why he was doing that later on. He said, don't you believe in me? Don't you believe in me? Don't you see all the stuff I did? That's stuff that nobody else can do. Only God can do these things. Amen? 
And so he's been with them all this time. They've seen, and, and, and he, he's, he's having this assumption that because they've been with him, that they've been in him, and they haven't yet because they're not a new creation yet. And this is where his heart is, is so passionate. He says, I, I know where you're going to be. And, and that's what he says, you still have no faith. This is the purpose of his life, is to take them to a place where they have faith. They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and waves obey him. He's not running into anything. You know, they'd seen him run into some other storms, like a demon, you know, or a, a dead person or something, you know, or, or a whole throng that, <laughs> that, that he fed, you know. And they, and, and they said, wow, but he even does storms, you know. <laughs> he can just, like, do anything. There's nothing that's going to come against him. He's ready for anything. He said, we would have thought that he wouldn't have been prepared for that. No. Why? Because who he's in is the one who is enthroned over all the storms. Amen? I'll tell you what, there's a storm coming that, that we, we, you know, there's a lot of people prophesying right now. And, and I think we can get some insight into what's going to happen but you know what? We don't rest on anything that we know in the flesh or that we know just in the, in the natural. We have a better place that we can go to. And Jesus gives a clue for that. Amen? In Christ, there's a peace that only faith brings. John 16, So, we're going to go back to that verse where Jesus said, You're going to go through a storm. There's going to be tribulations. I just believe I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be resurrected before the tribulation. Don't you want to do that? Let's do that. But while you're in the world, there's going to be storms of all kinds. You know, there's people that thought Jesus was coming 50 years ago. All right, I'm 60. I'm telling giving a clue. We knew he was coming right away. Man, all that stuff that was going back on back in the 60s and 70s. I mean, we thought, we thought it was just like, you know, there's things going on today. We think, this, this has got to be it. This has got to be it. Why? Because whenever you're in the earth, there's going to be an opportunity. There's going to be a storm coming. And the deception is that the storm that you can see is the one that you have to care about the most. And there's a bigger storm that we have to be careful for. Amen? In Christ, there's a peace that only faith brings. What did Jesus say to the, to the disciples? He said, do you still not have faith? So let's just talk and see what, what faith actually is because it seems to be the clue that will help us to be prepared for any storm. So Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Peace is necessary. Peace is what allows you to sleep when the thunder's going on. Why? Because you're prepared. You sleep well when you know that you're ready. Amen? And that's what, that's what uh, faith does. So, in the world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. We sang a song this morning about graves into gardens, right? <laughs> He's already overcome. Now, when you're reading this, it's, it's kind of interesting because... It says, but take heart, I have overcome. 
You think, well, what's, what's you overcoming have to do with me overcoming? And if you go back and look at, at what he was talking about, he said, I've told you these things. And you go back a few verses before that, he's talking about his relation with his father. He said, I've told you about how I overcome things, and it's because of my father. Do you know that when Jesus was going down the Rio uh, Del Rosa, you know, when he's, when he's carrying his cross, when he's getting all those things done to him, he was never alone. He was never alone. In fact, he was winning. It looked like he was being overcome, but he was overcoming. Why? You know what? He was not doing it on his own. How do you know that? Because it was right at his last breath that he said, Father, right? I'm alone now. He was with him right up to the end. Jesus had to go to the the grave alone, but he was raised up. Amen? Triumphant. What was he doing? He was with God. Now, there might be something we have to do. There might be something where our flesh is feeling some pain. But when you're with God, you're overcoming. Amen? So that's why I said, I've told you some things that will help you here if you'll understand that you need to be in me. You need to be in me. That's what he says, isn't it? So that in me, you may have peace. So he goes back, and, he, and, he, and he, in those previous verses, he said, I do things because of my father. And he, and he says, there's a, good, there's a time coming when I'm not going to have to talk to my father for you. You're going to talk to my father directly, just like I do. Amen? And so how does that bring comfort to me? Because the same way Jesus has overcome, we overcome, is by being in him. Amen? I'm telling you, this is a, cl- a clue. Faith isn't just something that you're another, they, they call religions faith. And, and, and they're not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a relationship with, with the creator of the universe. And he said, the same way I overcome. He said, take heart. When you go through those things, he's, he's talking into the future, isn't he? He said, you're going to go into tribulations. When you're going through that, you're going to remember that I have overcome. I've overcome the grave. You know the biggest storm we have is the grave, right? And it's not just the earthly grave, it's the eternal grave. And this is the storm that is the biggest challenge to us. It's, it's, it's not that thing that, that, that we feel like we're going to be hurt on this earth with. It's when we lose our faith over it. When we step away from God and we say, God, where are you? I don't know you anymore. I don't need you. I got this covered, God. What did those disciples need in the storm when when it came up and and they were getting ready to turn off? They needed to have remained in God. and, And Jesus stands up and he says, but where is your faith? Well, they lost it when the storm came. Because they never really had it before. It's important to be prepared. To have your roof on before the storm gets there. Amen? 
This is the thing that, that stirs me. Even right now, I think, I think we can be complacent, thinking we're, all, we're safe behind a mask. And you know what? There's all kinds of other stuff. That it might, there might be some protection, but I'll tell you what. Though, it's amazing to me. As many masks are being worn, how many cases there still are. You would have thought it all been fixed, you know. <laughs> it's because we can't depend on these things. And again, there's a bigger storm coming than any disease, you know, anything man can do to us. Amen? So, here's the key. Where there is faith, there is getting in a relationship where your protection is coming from who you're in and not just what you know about. Amen? Ah, man, this is good stuff, isn't it? Aren't you glad for the Word of God? So you got to get the storm right. Matthew 10, 28. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. It's so important for us during this time to not get distracted. You know what the enemy wants to do? He always has a sleight of hand. He wants you to look over here. You know, Braden's been asking me, he says, so is magic real? I said, well, yeah. I mean, you're getting deceived, you know. <laughs> It looks real, you know, you're being tricked, you know. And that's what the enemy does. He, he wants to get us all caught up in, you know, one of the biggest things is strife. We've been, you know, we, our, our, our men's group, we just started doing this, this uh, study on, on strife. Because what, is, what the enemy does is he baits you. He baits you with something that, that you become offended by or you're, or you're afraid of. It's a storm. It's a storm. It's a natural storm that you, be, you feel like you have to be afraid of or you have to take care of in some way yourself. And in that process, you're completely distracted from a bigger storm for your soul. Right? And Jesus talks directly to this. He said, you know what? You do not need to be afraid of somebody that can do something to your body. Anything that can happen to your body, there's a bigger thing for you to be prepared for. Now, we'll see. When you get in him, there, there might be some natural things you need to do. You know, you need to wash your hands, you know. There's, there's some things you need to do. But there might be something that you need to do in the natural that you will never have a clue until you're in him. Okay, I won't get ahead of myself too much, but this is good. All right. So... There's a necessity, if you're going to get it right, to take care of your soul. Did I go too, too quick? Did I not get to the end of that? Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. There's a bigger storm coming. It's very important to not think you got it covered, or it's not going to happen. You're just like the person in the TP. It's, it's worked for 30 years. And then you get a flash flood through the canyon. And now you're in the lake. because This happens all the time, though. I, I, I can't understand people living in, in, uh, in Louisiana, you know, uh, underneath sea level. That kind of stuff. It's like, I'm going to the mountains. <laughs> We're going to get up above this thing, right? <laughs> So it's very important to get the storm right. Man, we gotta, you got to be prepared for the right thing that's going to happen, don't you? 
So we, gotta ha- we, we have to acknowledge God. He's the king over the storm. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Now, this doesn't sound like you're preparing for a storm, but I'm telling you what, this is it. Who we declare we believe in, who our life is committed to, whether we're acknowledging God. Whoever acknowledges me. Yeah, and and I like just taking it back to a very simple thing, just recognizing that there is a God. But we, we looked at this. Every time you do, you're drawn into worship of Him for whatever area that you're exposed. And then you become part of that yourself. This acknowledging thing becomes a part of your whole life. And he says, when you acknowledge me, what does he say when I'm going to acknowledge you before my father? This is the king over the storm. You're getting into a position of preparedness when you acknowledge God. Amen? Man, I like this. So what was Noah's prep? So we're going to go back to Noah. Can we go back to Noah real quick? He was the dude, you know, that did, did the 120 years of, of the storm that was never known before. Um, you go back a few verses before that, and it gives you a clue why Noah was prepared for the storm that was unknown. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found favor. I thought God just gave favor to everybody. No, you have to find it. It's kind of like grace. I don't believe grace is just found by everybody. I think you have to go to grace and receive it. Amen? And then it has a purpose that's ongoing that you have to continue in. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man. Now, what is righteous? Oh, he just did everything. You know what? Righteousness in Christ is not something that we earn at all. But we have to choose. We have to say, I'm going to be in Christ. What does that mean? That means I'm going to stand up before other people when it comes time to acknowledging God. And the identity of my life is not going to be shielded by a fear of man. (laughs) Preparing for the, the fear of man and what man can say to you. What do you, that's, Jesus was talking about, why would you be afraid of that? Why would you prepare for the storm of shame and rejection that could come from man and in the process, leave yourself completely vulnerable to the storm of your soul that's going to take everything about you? Is that too strong? So Noah before, before he even can get ready for the storm that's going to come, he's already found in favor with God. What does that mean? That he's just acknowledging God. I tell you what, if you would just say, I'm going to look to you, God. I'm going to recognize that you're real. And, and if we, let's don't try to just really be spiritual. Let's just be real before God. And every time we do that, what, what are we doing? God's saying, I'm just waiting for you to look at me. Because when you do, you're going to find my favor. When you find God's favor, 
It covers a lot of things in your life. Amen? Now, this wasn't easy breezy. You know, if Noah would have known the 120 years of hard labor he was going to be in for, this isn't a, this isn't a ticket to, to easy breezy time. No, it's a ticket to being with God when the storm comes. Amen? And this is partly where I want to get to with it. There's some practical stuff that's going to come with preparing for the storm. There's going to be things that need to be done in the natural. But there's no way we're going to figure them out by going online and, and, and Googling what some scientist thinks about stuff. Because they're not ready for this storm. And they cannot prepare me and I'm not going to look to them. Amen? This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. God is, is, is longing for us to just walk with Him. Just be aware of who He is and honor Him for who He is. You know, anytime we enter into sin, it's just because we turned our back from Him. And He's not holding it against us. He says, just turn back. Just come back to me. Why is he passionate about that? Because he's going he's gonna to beat us up for doing stuff wrong? No, he wants to protect us from storms. Amen? And from the biggest storm. He doesn't want to send anybody to hell. He sent Jesus so we would not. Amen? So, that was Noah's prep. So you go to Hebrews. And Hebrews, is, Hebrews 11 is, is the chapter that talks about everybody that was in faith. You know, people in the Old Testament, they had very little to go on compared to what we do. They had one little encounter with God, and it transformed their whole life. And everything they did from that point on was based upon their acknowledgement of God. Right? And this refers to that, and it gives you kind of a, a clue. It says, by faith, Noah... How can you get somebody to prepare for a storm for 120 years through relationship, through trust? By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. Here's what happens. God doesn't want to just save us from a storm. He wants to save others from a storm through us. And the more you find this, the more you, you acknowledge God. This, we were talking about this in prayer. This isn't about you getting into a place where you're above anybody else. This is where you're getting your, into a position so God can bless everybody else through you. Amen? The, the more you acknowledge God, the more you will affect somebody else with God. And your heart actually gets to where you're not even looking at yourself anymore. You're just looking to see what you can do to help somebody else. And that's what Jesus was doing all the way to the cross. He said, I'm going here with my eyes on other people. He was never looking at himself. Amen? By his faith, he condemned the world. Wouldn't you just like to condemn the storm and condemn the world, right? And, and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. 
you know, it's, it's not about not doing certain things, not saying certain words, not participating in certain activities. You know, God wants to deliver you from that because that's a bondage in itself. But he's not hating you for any sin we're doing. He's hating you for what it, it is evidence of that you are not acknowledging him. And he doesn't have an inroad into your life. Amen? It says, because he became the heir of righteousness that is keeping with faith. How do we keep with faith? We keep with the king over the storm. And every time we do, every time we turn to him, it sounds kind of, maybe it's kind of lofty or something. It's not. It's real. God is here right now wanting to have a relationship with us. It's very simple, but we do have to acknowledge him. Amen? And when we do, we enter into this relationship, and it's called faith. You know, sometimes you can get all complicated with faith. You have to do this. You have to do that. It's about a relationship. With, with an almighty God who's king over the storm. <laughs> and when you, every time you choose him in a moment, in that moment that you're choosing him, to just acknowledge him and, and recognize that he's there, you know what you're doing? You're, you're choosing to not sin. Because you don't sin and choose him at the same time. And nobody else has to tell you what sin is. No, you don't get condemnation from anybody. That's why there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Who's in Christ? Everybody can be placed in Christ when you accept him as Lord. But you know who's in Christ? The one who knows they're in Christ. How do you know you're in Christ? You're acknowledging him in that moment. Amen? Then you, give, you get to have that preparedness. Ah, this is so good. I can't get it all in. When you enter into that place of faith, you enter in to rest. This is where Jesus was. That's why he was at the bottom of the boat. It's because he had entered in to relationship with the king over the storm. And now he was in faith, total faith, that prepared him for whatever was coming. He didn't care what it was. Amen? So it's in him where any storm becomes quiet. Psalm 91, 9 through 10. Don't you like Psalm 91? All right. We could just do that whole chapter, but we're just going to look at this part, por, uh, couple portions here. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high, not you don't just say it. You say, I got a real song about the Lord is my refuge. The Lord is my refuge. The Lord is my strength. Um, it's not enough just about saying it. It's about dwelling in it. Amen? What does it say? If you do that, what are you doing? You're, you're acknowledging him as the king, and then you're not just saying he is, but you're saying, I'm in. He's with. Amen? No harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. What does that sound like? That sounds like all the ones you don't know about, doesn't it? <laughs> right? Sounds like a good place to be. Can we hasten on here? Here's another one. When, when you're making him Lord, you're securing his favor. Psalm 91, 14 through 16. Because he loves me. He's talking about that person that he's going to care for, right? Says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him. For he acknowledges my name. 
Man, this is kind of simple, but it's very profound. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Does this sound like you went to the right help? Wouldn't you just like to go to, you know, we, we have a new baby in the family here at, at New Life Church. What is he, a week old now? Um, Oliver. Oliver Powell. He'll be here next week, I believe. So uh, we're going to dedicate him in a couple weeks, I think. Is that what it is or whatever? It's two weeks. Anyway. You know, he had, he had a little a procedure that needed to be done, and they, you know, they said, you know, uh, used to be you just had a general uh, doctor, you know, that can kind of do, snip this and snip that and do whatever. He said, we, they said, but we had to go to a specialist. You know, they, they specialize this, they specialize every, uh God is a specialist in all of it. So whatever you need, I, I, I am that. Whatever storms coming your way, you get in me, you get in rest. You get in faith. You get in a position that you're prepared for. You become like Noah. You might have to go through a lot of things, but you're never going alone. You become like Jesus. We look unto the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. And then God commits himself in Psalm 9. He says, I commit myself to you. When you call on me, when you acknowledge me, when you get in me, this is my commitment. This is why he's so desperate to have us just do this. Just quit looking the other way. Quit trusting in something. Just come to me. Amen? All right. So, response to his words, building prep for any storm. So this is a necessity. And you're familiar with this story, but I'm just going to read the first portion of it because this is the one I want to focus on. This is who we're going to be. We're not going to be like the foolish man that builds his house on the sand, right? We're not going to be that. We're going to acknowledge what happens when we listen to Jesus' words. Remember what he said. He said, I have said these things about how I'm in relationship with my father, and it's going to be the same thing that you can do. And when you begin to not just let that be, you know, this is, this is the thing that impressed me today. It does no good for us just to come to church. You coming to church today, I'm so glad you're here. For what reason, though? Just coming does nothing for you. What has to happen is something has to be received that makes a difference in your life. Amen? And Jesus did this so often. He said, man, don't just hear what I'm saying. The whole purpose of what I'm saying is to make a change. Make a difference. Because, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. You're familiar with this, but do you see it a little bit different here today? There's, there's a necessity. 
What are we doing? We, we follow in the pattern that Jesus gave us to not just know about God, not to just say there is a God, but to get in Him, to abide in Him, to live in Him, to get in a position of preparedness against whatever that storm is. You know what this house had? It had a house blanket. All right, I'm just seeing if you remembered what you're tracking me. All right. Oh, I did have the rest of this. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Like all those people in the Northridge. When we were in the earthquake out there. We lived up on the mountain in, in California in 94. And uh, the earthquake came through there. Man, all those, all those apartment complexes completely uh, fell that were in the valley. They were all built on the sand. We were up on the, on the rock and we didn't fall. The rain came down, the steam, streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. Why? Because it was prepared against something, but it was not prepared against what came. So necessary for us to get this right, isn't it? Where storms have wreaked havoc in him, they can be rebuilt. How many have gone through a storm that's wreaked havoc in your life? Here's the wonderful thing about the king over the storm. He's not only, only the king over the storm that's going to come to you. He's the king over the storm that came. And he can, he can repair what has been damaged. Amen? Afflicted city, lashed by storms and not comforted, I will rebuild you with stones of turquoise, your foundations with, I'm not going to say that. All right. I will make your battlements of rubies, your gates of sparkling jewels, and all your walls of precious stones. What is it? What is he saying? We're going to make this, this building that we're replacing here, we're going to make it not only impenetrable, but we're going to make it the best. God doesn't just say, I, I, I'm going to come, you allow me in, I'm just going to, I'm going to leave you the way you are, just kind of messy. He says, not, not only am I going to keep you from anything that's going to come, but I'm going to take you where you're at. Whatever's happened to you, I'm going to rebuild you with the best stuff ever. Isn't this good? All your children will be taught by the Lord, and great will be their peace. You know what drove Noah? He prepared for his family. A big thing that drove him was, was caring. What the enemy wants to do is come and, and cause us to get into fear and anxiety about the things that we care about. But when you get in him, he says, I'm going to care about, I'm going to take care of the things that you care about. In righteousness, you will be established. Tyranny will be far from you. What is that? Where people are lording over you, right? And you're just having to do whatever somebody tells you. You will have nothing to fear. Terror will be far removed. It will not come near you. If anyone does attack, it will not be my doing. Whoever attacks you will surrender to you. This sounds like a pretty good storm fixer, doesn't it? Amen? See, it is I who created the blacksmith, who fans the coals into flame, and forges a weapon fit for its work. And it is I who have created the destroyer to wreak havoc. No weapon formed against you will prevail. And you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. 
And this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. There's a storm coming. We do not have to fear. There's some things that could very well take place in America. We are guilty of a lot of things that we should be condemned for. But we, like Sodom and Gomorrah, there's a remnant here. We're part of it. We can call out to God. We can make a difference. But we have to do it from a position like Noah's. We cannot be haphazard saying, it's not going to happen. I'm just going to leave that up to some prophets somewhere. No, it's, it's me. Because, you know, something could, hap- could, could be resolved in America today. And if you're not taking care of the storm that you don't see coming, you're still going to be destroyed. Right? And we can't just assume because we're, uh, even in a body, that we're caring for things if we're not. It's not anybody else's responsibility to be in faith, to walk in faith, but mine. And I'm the one who will be devastated by the storm. It's all up to us. Now, I'm so thankful that we come together. We can, we can be a body that builds each other up. But what are we building each other up? In faith, in believing in God, and getting in Him. Why we sang these songs this morning is so that together we go into the presence of the king over the storm. And whatever comes against us, not only will it not succeed, but we will defeat it. Kind of makes you want to take a nap, doesn't it? In the bottom of the boat, because you enter into rest when you enter into faith in relationship with God. Amen? But it's so important for us to get the storm right. If we're listening to what our flesh is telling us that needs to be cared for. If we're listening to what science is telling us we need to care for. We might get some things right. But the storm that we're not prepared for is the one that will devastate. We have to make sure that we're going to the one who's over any storm. Amen? How will you weather the coming storm. It's very important for us to ask a question like this. And it's only a question that we can answer ourselves. How will I weather the storm? Where is your security against a storm? Where does your confidence lie? I'm so thankful there's an opportunity for us today.